This is Steve Kim. Andy Steiger. Welcome to the AC Podcast. On this podcast, we want to help you speak the language of our culture and address questions raised with intellectual honesty, gentleness, and respect. Hey, everybody. So today we have something rather heavy that we are going to talk about. But before we get there, uh, how about we start with some good news and something that's a little bit more lighthearted that we can laugh at. So, Andy, what's going on with Apologetics Canada? Yeah, Steve, we got some exciting news. First of all, Apologetics Canada has been receiving more and more opportunities to do ministry, which has been incredible. And then today, we wanted to share with you on the podcast of a really cool opportunity that allows us to continue to do ministry and to meet the opportunities that we've been receiving. Specifically, we have a donor who's come forward that is matching all donations made from now until the end of the year. And so, this is a really cool opportunity to double your impact with Apologetics Canada. We've never had this before. No one's ever come forward saying, hey, we're going to match donations. And this opportunity to really provide for Apologetics Canada so that we can continue to do the ministry we're doing and to really expand, actually, the ministry that we're doing across Canada. So, this is exciting for us. And we would ask that if you've ever thought about giving to Apologetics Canada, now is a great opportunity. So this donor has very generously offered to match up to $100,000 in total, and all the donations made in Canada and the United States are tax deductible. Is that right, Andy? It's Canada and U.S.? Okay. If you've never given before, this would be a great time to partner with us in our ministry and double your impact while you're doing it. And if you'd like to give, you can go to apologeticscanada.com forward slash donate. Again, you can go to apologeticscanada.com forward slash donate. Give today and double your impact up to the end of the year. So with that said, let's move into something that's a little bit more lighthearted, because like I said earlier, we're going to talk about something pretty heavy. So let's start by laughing, shall we? Yeah, let's take a moment just to have a laugh. Uh, We are going to go into a heavy topic. Let's take a moment to just laugh at me. Oh, laugh at you. I love this already. Yeah, I know you do, Steve. <laughs> I know you do. And I and in fact, I have you to thank for this. Listen, we've done what? We've done over 300 podcasts. Right. And if I understand correctly, Steve, we've been doing this for eight years. Has it been that long already? Yeah, around then. At any rate, the point that I'm trying to get at is that when you talk this long and it's being recorded, you're going to say stupid things. You're just, you are. <laughs> you're going to say bad, you're going to say stuff you wish you hadn't said. And Steve uh, edits quite a bit of the podcast and he makes sure to ha- edit out any of the mistakes that he makes. But I, but, there, <laughs> but there's suspicion I have, Steve, that, that uh, periodically one of my beautiful blunders comes up. And as you know, I've got some real doozies. And, uh, <laughs> and one of them made their way through the editing process. Uh, and you know exactly what I'm talking about, Yeah, Steve. I think I know which one you're talking about. And I have blocked that one from my mind because it does live on the web. And I've blocked it from my mind, but it was brought back to my attention this last week because one of our listeners was trying to listen to 
The Social Dilemma, a podcast we just recently did. However, as the Lord would have it, it didn't bring up that podcast. Every time he clicked on that one, it brought up a different, there was some sort of encoding issue happening. And so Steve knows this because I sent him a frantic email going, hey, I'm getting, I'm getting, you know, texted by somebody saying that, that we posted the wrong podcast and please. And I'm thinking, oh no. Yeah, please, dear Lord, Steve, check this out as quick as you can because of all the podcasts, of all the 300 podcasts we've done, what is the one? That, that that is coming to this dear listener's device is the one, the one that I make. Now, listen, I've made lots of mistakes, but this one's a doozy. So in the podcast, I don't even remember what we're talking about in it. All I know is the topic of Angelina Jolie came up. Yes, and, I remember that one. <laughs> <laughs> and I proceed to say that she had a double vasectomy. That's oh, right. man. Now, I'm, I'm telling you, <laughs> uh, listen, I know the difference between a vasectomy and a mastectomy. I promise you. But you, I'm telling you, if you do this long enough, <laughs> you record yourself long enough, you're going to say things you wish you hadn't said. See, now, these sorts of things happen at dinner parties. Everybody has a chuckle, and then you move on with your life. Not a podcast, Steve. Not a podcast <laughs> when you record it, and you didn't edit it out, man. Did we? <laughs> I think we caught it. We kind of laughed about it. But then we started getting messages from our listeners saying, so Angelina Jolie had what? Yeah, so Andy's an idiot. Yeah, thanks. Thank you. Uh, that's the joy of the podcast. Listen, I, I, I do think, though, that it's important, and I actually wanted to bring this up as we get into the topic of today, that I think it's an important practice, Steve, to be able to laugh at yourself. Yeah. I think it's an important practice to not take yourself too seriously and to realize that you're not as smart as you'd like to be and that you're going to say dumb things and you're going to do dumb things. And there's there's something to be learned from it. I think that's a helpful lead-in as we talk about Ravi Zacharias today. Listeners will know, people who have followed Apologetics Canada, you know that we work with RZIM a lot. We love RZIM. We love the people of RZIM. We've done many, many conferences with them. We've done many events. We know them personally. And so this is actually a really heavy topic for us. And one in which, to be quite honest, we didn't want to talk about. Uh, I still don't really want to talk about it. No. (laughs) And my heart is saddened in many different ways. Uh, We have remained silent on the topic for a long time, for years, and now, given recent uh, articles that have come out, particularly in Christianity Today, and really because of the listeners who've reached out to us, many of whom are upset, broken, frustrated, we felt we need to talk about this. Just so our listeners maybe... If you're tuning in for the first time or you're not very familiar with, you know, the world of, you know, apologetics ministry, that sort of thing. Ravi Zacharias is a very well-known person in our circles. He's had, he's got a very successful ministry and he spoke to probably millions of people all over the world in many, many different countries. And 
he certainly had a huge influence in my life when I was struggling with my faith in my you know, early mid twenties or whatever. And it was really his, uh, Q and A's that really got me fired up whenever he would go to these universities. And so I started listening to this podcast called just thinking where you would get these daily clips of his talks. And then on Fridays they would post these Q and A's. And I remember just eating that stuff up and really helped me through it. And that's one of the reasons why I got into apologetics is actually by watching Ravi do his thing. And also, you know, other, a few other apologists that are really important in my life, but Ravi was certainly one of them. And so then imagine the devastation when I hear the news of Ravi coming down with cancer and then eventually passing away a little while ago. And then just a few weeks ago, we started hearing about these sexual allegations that have been coming out. Now, this wasn't the first time we heard about something like this, right? We we heard about some um, allegations of sexting and, and things like that with Ravi. In fact, the way that we were first introduced to all of this for interest's sake, and I think this is kind of some background information for those of you that don't know all that's been going on, but a couple years ago, we received some emails from a guy by the name of Steve Bonman. I think that's how you say his last name. He's a lawyer by profession. He's an atheist that it seems at first was really interested in what Ravi had to say, but then as he looked into Ravi's claims, he became concerned with the veracity of what Ravi was talking about, particularly not his argument so much as the, his person. The character, right. Yeah, the character. Uh, so that's that's how we first came about all this, is this guy contacting us. And this guy, you know, it's been so many years, I can't remember all. I don't know if we talked to him on the phone. But he particularly knew that we worked with RZAM, so he wanted to bring this to our attention from what we could tell because he wanted us to stop working with RZAM. Uh, given given what was coming out. So he then created a website called Ravi Watch, which you can check out online. This is all part of, you know, us at first not wanting to talk about this and for a long time not talking about it, you know, but... And it was partly because we weren't really sure what to make of it at the time because it was just... At the time, it was just an allegation, right? And still, like, uh, all we have is allegations at this point, although investigation has begun. So we'll see more uh, as we wait. I'm sure we'll hear more about it. Um, But we didn't want to just jump on any allegation and then just ruin a man's reputation kind of a thing. But at the same time, we were... I was deeply disturbed. I'm like, if this is true, man, like I, I can't take Ravi seriously anymore, right? That's a good point, you know, Steve. And, and we, we then did talk to RZAM people from there, and we knew that this issue was being addressed, and so we left it. By the way, if you go to Ravi Watch, what you'll see is the issue that this guy, Steve Bondman, uh, originally is concerned with is exaggerated claims by Ravi. In terms of his credentials. Yes. Yeah. And from what we can tell, RZAM addressed those. And, you know, again, as we talk about this, 
please understand that we're bringing it to your attention. I, I'm not trying to weigh in on this. There are some things in a moment here that we're going to say as we've kind of processed through all this, but in many ways, it's our desire to let you know what's going on because these articles by Christianity Today and others are being read by a lot of people. And again, we're being asked about it, so we're wanting to inform you. This then led into, I guess what you could call would be, what, some sexual scandal? Yeah. So then uh, a number of years ago, what we started hearing was about this scandal with with sexting uh, with this lady named Lori Thompson. And so she brought these allegations that Ravi asked for inappropriate pictures of her and so on and so forth. And um, this was eventually settled privately and both parties signed non-disclosure agreements. And so that's how it was kind of... And from what we understand, Ravi paid them some undisclosed amount of money. Mm -hmm. And so that's how it was settled outside of court. And it was kind of left at that. But now with this new allegations that are coming out, there are more women coming out saying, yeah, Ravi did some inappropriate things in front of us. Or he would even solicit for for sex. You know, he make making unwanted sexual advances, so on and so forth. And so, as you read the uh, Christianity Today article, which we will post up on our show notes, what you see is okay. So Ravi co-owned some spas and things like that, and because of the back injury that he sustained back in the eighties, he often needed massage therapy and things like that to relieve pain and whatnot. It's in the sort of the private treatment rooms and things like that. That's when he would do inappropriate things in front of them or, you know, make unwanted sexual advances, that sort of a thing. And so these are, these allegations are about events that happened some 10, 15 years ago. And uh, the alleged events happened between what, 2005 and 2010. So it's been a while. Not that, you know, this somehow makes it okay, but just so we get the full picture here, that's what we're dealing with. And thankfully, Ravi Zacharias International Ministries, the organization, has opened an investigation to look into this. So has the Christian and Mission Alliance has now opened up a second investigation. So he was investigated for the Lorian Thompson, and now they're, they're investigating this one too. So, so I think it is good for listeners to know that this issue is being investigated. Uh, Steve, I don't know from your research if you made any conclusions on this. It's there. There's so much online and there's only so much time. So I, I wasn't able to really pinpoint where this story originated. It seems like Steve Bauman, it seems like he's the one who, who identified the ladies from the spa. But I don't fully know, because when I first started looking into this, it looked like Christianity Today broke this story. But now I, I'm not so sure from other things I've read that that's the case. It seems as though maybe Steve Bauman found these ladies and then Christianity Today basically went to investigate for themselves and interview these ladies for themselves, whether or not this was actually true. Yeah, I'm not too sure about that either. It's really, it's pretty muddy water. and yeah. And it's a pretty unenjoyable read, to be quite honest. Yeah, and and that's partly why I hesitated to speak too much into this, precisely because this is 
it seems muddy to me and these are allegations so I was kind of hoping to wait until something a little bit more crystallized came out of these investigations but a lot of people have been asking for our input into this um you know, Steve, I'm, I'm 100% with you. That's the way I felt as well, that I would rather like to see these sorts of things investigated because I feel pulled in two ways. On the one hand, if these ladies have been abused, justice needs to be served. That needs to be dealt with 100%. And, and as well, uh, my heart goes out to those ladies if that, in fact, took place. On the other hand, though, I do think that these sorts of things need to be investigated because it's so easy to just make an allegation against somebody. And by the way, let me just let me just say something for those of you who don't know RZIM or how they operate. Uh, Ravi has a when as when he was traveling around doing his ministry, he had a person uh, a male dedicated to traveling with him. He was never alone. And all the RZIM people that we've ever talked to speak very highly of Ravi. And we're talking about private conversations, right? Like when yes. you and speakers that we've invited before for our conferences, when we sit down, like it's in private, when we talk about these things, they had nothing but positive things to say about the man. That That's absolutely correct. So that's why uh, there we have really been hesitant to even wade into this because we saw those sorts of, you know, good practices by Ravi with the chaperone that was with him. And so that's, by the way, one of the things that's coming up with regards to this whole spa thing is this would have been a moment where somebody wasn't with Ravi. And so then this this whole issue is coming to light. And obviously, and as we as we mentioned, it's being investigated what disturbs me about this is that there are multiple allegations by different people whose co-workers are corroborating their story, those kinds of things. And so that's why I'm a little bit more disturbed because it's one thing if there's just, you know, one person making an accusation um, and a lot of people at the time, and I'm talking about uh, Lori Thompson, like a lot of people thought this just seems like a straight up extortion case, whether you agree with that or not. I'm not sure what to make of it either. But so if it's just a single isolated incident, it's one thing. But then you have more people coming out. And by the way, let's be fair, Steve, there was some weird stuff that came out with that Lori Thompson and again, it's not like I've spent tons of time reading this sort of thing. I, I'm not really into the uh, apologetics gossip, nor is Steve. But there were some weird things that came out, such as an email that came out of Ravi threatening to commit suicide. You know, if she went on with, like, releasing the details or whatever it was, right? Right. Uh, and, and so those sorts of things, I think, you know— for a number of us, we're, we're real eyebrow raisers going, okay, what what is going on here? Because when you look at Ravi, you know, as portrayed by these allegations, it just doesn't seem like the Ravi that you know. But then that is the nature of these kinds of scandals where you see one kind of a person on screen, but then his private life may be something totally different to the point where you're just absolutely shocked that, you know, that just that sheer incongruence between the man that you know to be 
and then what he is like in private. Now, without getting too controversial here, that I think that, and again, this is these are issues that we really haven't wanted to to wade into, but for all fairness, there have been some issues though that we found did need to be addressed, and RZIM did address, particularly with the exaggerated claims. And some of these I don't fault Ravi for. For example, him being attributed a doctorate in different writings or whatever. Because we, you know, Steve and I know from doing ministry together all these years that people will make, sometimes they'll make wrong assumptions or whatever and call you Dr. So-and-so or whatever. And, you know, and I've had my own issues where, for example, I wrote an article for the UN But I just read something online the other day where somebody was talking about how I spoke at the UN. I didn't speak at the UN. So what am I supposed to do every time I'm incorrectly credited for something or or whatever? By the way, uh, one of my favorites was one time I was speaking at a speaking engagement and the person who was introducing me told the crowd that I had summited Mount Everest twice. That was my (laughs) that was my personal favorite. Yeah. So I needed to correct that one for the audience. As much as I wanted to leave that one as it was, uh, I, in fact, had gone to Mount Everest base camp twice. Uh, I had I had not summited Everest twice. Yeah, I mean, there are times when that correction comes easy where, you know, I've been invited to speak somewhere and somebody called me Dr. Kim. I'm just like, no, I don't have my doctorate. Sorry. You know, that's, that's incorrect. And that was easy because it was right there. Somebody said that and I was able to correct the person. But if something has been written, for example, a long time ago, and this is already sort of, you know, it's water under the bridge sort of a situation, then you're not quite sure what to do. Right. I mean, you could call it poor judgment, on, on your part, but there is some challenge as to, okay, do I, because this doesn't seem to have made all that big of a wave or anything like that. Do I go after this? Because you also have to think about how you're going to manage your time, right? If you're going to go after every one of these, that's also not an easy thing to do. And so... Now, yeah. now listen, there are those some moments where I think Ravi wasn't at fault for for this, but there are other moments where I think he needed to be more careful on what he said and 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 how he said it. And from what I could tell, those sorts of corrections were made, uh, particularly with regards to questions about studying with Polkinghorne or studying at Cambridge and and those sorts of issues. If you're wondering, you know what they all are. I mean, those are easily found on the web. What we'd like to get into, though, is, again, we're not going to get into whether or not these things happen because we don't know, but we are thankful that they're being investigated and they're being brought to light. Because I I first want to just talk about that. I think it is important that we don't sweep issues under the rug, and I don't think that we should do so under the historical rug or the current rug. Because I have seen that in my own academic studies where, and I've given this example before, but I studied church history and I took a course on Martin Luther. And in that course, it was never brought to my attention about his anti-Semitism. And that, first of all, caught me off guard once when I was doing Q&A because somebody brought up his anti-Semitism and I was completely caught off guard by that. 
uh, which I sent my prof an email and basically said, hey, you did me a real disservice here by not giving me an actual, honest, real picture of of who he is. Because I think this is something that often happens in Christianity that we need to be cautious of, where we give this kind of deified view of people. We'll do that with modern people. I, you know, we do that today. I call that the Christian celebrity culture that we've got going today, where we put people up on pedestals. And so, this obviously plays into with what's going on with Ravi. I don't know whether or not with what happened with Ravi is correct or not. I do think, though, that it shouldn't be swept under the rug. These allegations were made. There's been a couple of them now. There seems to be something going on here that needs to be investigated. And so, I, I do believe that those sorts of investigations should take place. I don't think it's, I don't think it's right to sweep those under the rugs, and, and RZIM is doing that investigation. That's good, but it also means, though, that I'm not just going to start casting judgment on this whole thing. I'm, I'm going to allow that to play out. And in the meantime, I'm not going to pretend like Ravi's Jesus or put him up on some sort of pedestal. That is clearly not the case. And he had his flaws, as do we all. The other place that we do it, and I think this is kind of where we've learned to do this, actually, Steve, is we put Bible characters up on the celebrity pedestal. And we'll take characters like King David, you know, a man after God's own heart. We all know that verse. But we don't know how to square that with the man who, you know, slept with another man's wife and then had him murdered to cover it up. And did other issues. How do we square square those two? And then you've got his son Solomon, right? The man who even built God's temple. The man who asked for wisdom and God gave him the wisdom, right? You know, praising him for asking not power or wealth, but wisdom to lead his people well. Well, towards the end of his life, he's got more women in his Harlem than, I mean, it's just crazy stuff, right? I mean, these are the people that we look up to in the Bible, but they're full of flaws as well. Or you could find Abraham, right? You know, the the, um, father of the Jewish nation, and he sells his wife out as his sister twice. Yeah, not Not once, (laughs) twice. (laughs) Twice. And my point in bringing that up is, you know, for a while there, my son had a Bible. He got it from church. It was called the Superhero Bible or something to that effect. And then they dress up King David, Abraham, and the others like in the Bible as superheroes. And I've now since gotten rid of those because I think they can absolutely devastate a child's faith, by the way, because the Bible never told you about Abraham or David or Solomon because they were superheroes. Honestly, the reason why David was a man after God's own heart is because he saw his flaws, he saw how desperately wicked he is, was, and his need for God. It was that need. You see the same thing, by the way, with Abraham. It's that faith in the midst of the brokenness, not because they're good, but because God's good, and they could see that, that they were broken. And what happens then is you see that there is this foreshadowing, you see that there is this need for somebody to come who is the superhero, who is good. 
And so I bring this up, Steve, because listen, I'm I'm not weighing in with whether or not Ravi's guilty or not. That the investigation is being done, we'll see what happens. I'm worried about those people who have made their faith about their Christian celebrity, whether that be Ravi or whoever it is, because we've seen plenty of Christian celebrities, you know, that have been shown not to be that perfect person that they put up on a pedestal. And I've even seen this with people who've read the Bible, who've heard all the the stories or sung all those songs about these great characters of the Bible, and then they go read their Bible for the first time and go, wait a minute, David, Abraham, Solomon, and the like, they're not the kind of people I was told they were. And why, why are we putting those people up on pedestals? Now, here's the big one, though, Steve. And this is where I think this is the real talk. <laughs> this is the real talk right here. And God's been teaching me this one over the last year, is that we tend to put ourselves up on that Christian pedestal, don't we? Mm. We, we tend to have an inflated view of ourselves. We tend to think we're the hero in the Bible. Whenever we read of the stories of people getting it right, that's us in the story, but not the people that get it wrong. Those are those other people. And one of the, one of the areas personally where God's been really teaching me is, and I know this might sound really dumb, but I think it's, I think it's profound. I think this is part of being a Christian, honestly, is realizing that you are not Jesus. You're not. Mm-hmm. You are not good. You're broken. Yeah. And you have a propensity to break relationship with God and people. That's what it means to be a disciple, by the way. A lot of people just don't understand that term. A disciple is a student, but you'll never be a student of a rabbi, right? A teacher. You'll never come to a teacher to learn unless you think you have something to learn. Unless you think that they're better than you. That they have something to teach you. And, And what is it that Jesus has to teach you? And I guess that this came out, Steve, for me in writing the book Reclaimed, as I began to realize that Jesus has something to teach me about what it means to be a human being. He's better at it than me. And that's the thing that really draws me to Jesus is Jesus is good. Mm -hmm. Jesus is amazing. Jesus deserves to be put up on the pedestal. Jesus is humble. Jesus is loving. Jesus is incredible. And it's him that I go to because I realize I'm not him. I realize I've got my own issues. And as I come to Jesus, I just say, man, you are incredible. Teach me. I often think back to my time at university and Clay Jones, the teacher who taught both you and me a course on evil and suffering. One of the things that he does is just really take the time to help us appreciate this idea of human depravity, that even when we do do good things or refrain from doing evil things, often it's not because we actually want to do good. Almost always there's some kind of mixed motive. So, for example, if there is a coworker, a female coworker, uh, that I have a, a feeling for, and say, you know, I start flirting with her, you know, kind of pushing the envelope to see how far I can go without being too inappropriate kind of a thing. And I get the sense that she's totally into me too, right? But then I think to myself, you know what? No, I can't have an affair with her. Uh, Likely the reason is going to be not because it's wrong, although I will think that, but my first reaction is, okay, 
what if I contract STI? What am I going to tell my kids? What's going to happen to my reputation? How am I going to explain this to my wife? You know, what's going to happen to my marriage? What's going to happen to, you know, so it's all these motivations. And then only after the fact, I'll try to tell myself, you know what, it's wrong. Because that makes me feel a little better. I'm not as bad as that. I recognize that it's wrong kind of thing. But the fact of the matter is, I find in myself that's the first reaction when I refrain from doing something evil. It's not because I don't want to do evil. Often it's because there are other deterrents born out of self-interest kind of a thing. This is something that humans have been thinking about for a long time because we see this going all the way back to Plato, I'm sure. And it goes beyond Plato as well, obviously, in, in, (laughs) in the Bible. But philosophers have been thinking about this for a long time, just the human nature. What are humans like? Because one of the things that Clay talks about with regards to that is, is he says, if you could do something and you would not get caught, you know for sure, no one would know that you wouldn't get caught. His question was, what wouldn't you do? And Plato asks a very similar question. He talks about the story of Gyges. If you haven't heard of that one, by the way, I am 100% convinced it's what Tolkien was inspired by to write Lord of the Rings. You can check it out because there's a lot of similarities. What does Gyges find? He finds a ring. What does that ring do? It makes him invisible. And the question is, what will you do with that kind of power? Will you use that power for good? Or will that power eventually corrupt you? Because that's basically what happens with Gyges is the power corrupts him and he seeks more and more power. It just gets at the the heart of humanity. What's going on in our heart? Because I mean, let's just take Ravi out of this equation and we were say, okay, what about what about you? What if Christianity did, today did an expose about you and what's gone on in your life? What would that look like? And if you're like, okay, I think I could pass that one. All right. What if they got a snapshot into what's going on in your mind and how you've thought and how you feel and, and the sorts of things that either you have said inside or outside, right? What would that look like? And you start to realize again, maybe I'm not as good as I thought I was. I remember uh, another teacher that I really liked at school is John Mark Reynolds. Now, he was one of the very first speakers that we invited to our conference. This was even before I was working with you, Andy, when you and Nancy first put on that conference with John Morrison's um, help. He told us the story of his dad, and his dad was just this wonderful, kind man. In fact, he... In his eyes, his dad was so perfect, he set out to find flaws in him for like a couple weeks. Upon failing to find flaws, he goes to his mom to complain that he couldn't find any flaws in his dad, to which his mom replies, yeah, pretty frustrating, isn't it? (laughs) (laughs) Um, But then his dad actually apparently set out, like he, he was praying this prayer where he was like, Lord, reveal to me my flaws, my imperfections, uh, where where I fall short of your glory. And then he said, after a couple days, he prayed another prayer. He said, okay, Lord, just please stop. I can't bear this. And so I, I don't know what it was that God was revealing to John Mark Reynolds' dad, but whatever it was, even the guy that John Mark couldn't find flaws in after searching for weeks, It took a day or two to completely dismantle the guy 
when God exposed what was inside of him. Even if the externals look good, what's going on inside? Mm-hmm. And honestly, I think that what happens is when you take a good look at what's going on in, on the inside, you realize how desperately you need Jesus. And in becoming a student, there is a level of humility and I think a level of gentleness that comes. So, I guess we're kind of coming back full circle here in that we want to acknowledge that nobody is perfect. Actually, I, I'd like to quote Ravi on here uh, on this because I think one of the things that he said so often I think is so appropriate here. He would often say, don't throw mud or you're going to get dirty, right? Both of you will get dirty. That's right. Yeah. Both of you will get dirty. And so I hope it's clear that it's not our goal here to throw mud because we know our own imperfections and we know uh, our own failings and how much we need Jesus. I do want to encourage listeners know though that if you have bought into the celebrity culture, you know, Christian celebrity culture and and you are trying desperately to put your pastor or whoever your favorite author or apologist is onto the pedestal, you need to be careful or you're going to set yourself up for a fall because people will let you down. Uh, You will let yourself down. The person that we need to have on that pedestal is Jesus, and it's to him that we need to have our focus and our admiration and our desire to be like. And I think this is why, for me, it is so important for me to know why I believe the way I do, right? That my faith is not based on the celebrity status of somebody else, that my faith is my own in a sense, because I have reasons independent of the celebrity status of whatever Christian authors and other Christian leaders, so that even if they should fall, my faith is secure because it is founded on the Word of God and in my experience of the Holy Spirit, so on and so forth, right? And so, in some ways, even as this great giant of a Christian apologist is kind of his... Having his character questioned. Yeah, and his uh, personal life scrutinized, it is actually my studies in Christian apologetics and all these other things that help me get secure on the foundation of the Christian worldview. Well, and I, I think that that's why it's so important that for those of you that are ministers listening to this this show, it's why it's so important that we don't point people to us, we point people to Jesus. And when people begin to latch hold of you, which can be very tempting to allow we are not Jesus. We aren't the good ones in the story. We're not the hero in the story. Jesus is. And in him, I have security. And in him, I can navigate with love and humility in a broken world. Yeah. Well, I think we should wrap it up there. I guess as we're wrapping up, I just want one final note to those people who are grieving uh, over what's going on with Ravi. Take some time to grieve, actually grieve. Well, thank you for joining us. The AC Podcast is a ministry of Apologetics Canada. We'll come back next week with more stuff to think about. Thank you for your support.